The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network. You are listening to Truth Time with Pastor Monty. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. They do have a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. You want answers? You can't handle the truth! The problem is having the right worldview and acting upon it. The worldview that gives men and women the truth of what is. Welcome to Truth Time with Pastor Monty, a show about God's truth in today's society from a multi-generational pastoral perspective. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty broadcast is a part of Aletheia Bible Fellowship's Project Vigilance, a web portal that provides internet Christians out there with helpful content and insights. We're produced by ABF's Vigilance Radio Network. If you're interested in this ministry or our other shows, you can check us out at abfpdx.org, where you can access more resources, donate, and learn more about us. At the top of the show today, let's remember to help us spread this content by liking, sharing, and subscribing to this episode. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and join our Facebook group where you can stay up to date on this and all our programming. You can find it at vrn.abf on Facebook. Now that all that's said, I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this is Pastor Monty. Welcome to Truth Time. I am Pastor Monty, and today we are in the uh, Bible uh, looking at Scripture in Genesis. You'll remember that we go back and forth between Genesis and 1 Thessalonians, and so today we're in Genesis uh, in the Christ factor. So by way of recap, what we were talking about uh, the last time we were in Genesis, two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, what happened in regard to Cain and Abel. And you might remember that we were discussing the fact that there was a, a uh, schism that took place basically because as Cain and Abel had grown older and they too were in communication with God, um, God had told them uh, specifically what his expectation was in regard to um, offerings that they were to bring to him. And, uh, and, and we know that there was specificity because of the fact that when Cain's uh, offering was rejected, basically God said, you know, why are you, why is your countenance down? Why are you, uh, you know, Frustrated by, I would interpret frustrated. Why are you know, why are you uh, acting the way you are? If you had done what I had asked you to do, uh, everything would have been fine. So what we, the inference that is there is that God had given specific instruction as to what He expected in regard to an offering, and Cain, um, Cain did it his way. And there was a consequence because of that. So that's where we pick up. Uh, what happened was, was then because his offering was rejected, uh, he um, lured his brother 
into a situation where he then killed him. Let's uh, let's take a look at scripture for a second and just pick up on that and read that for a moment. So it says later Cain suggested. I'm in Genesis chapter four, uh, at verse uh, eight. It says later Cain suggested to his brother. Uh, Abel, let's go out into the fields, uh, and while we're there, Cain attacked and killed his brother. Okay, so he lured him to his death. It was, in other words, this wasn't an accidental thing. It was premeditated. This was this is the first recorded incidents in Scripture where we have premeditated murder taking place brother between brother and and uh, and and so uh, that keep in mind that that was not an accident that he drew him in and then he killed them it says then uh, afterward the lord asked cain where is your brother where is abel now this you might remember this takes us back to uh, earlier in genesis when original sin uh, came about when adam took of the fruit and he ate of it, and then as they were walking in the cool of the evening, you know, um, God called out and and uh, talked to them, and in the discussion, he questioned Adam uh, about uh, what was, um, you know, what would be considered normal. He's not questioning Adam because he doesn't know. He's questioning Adam because he wants Adam to uh, address his his actions. Hey, it looks, like, way, it, lo it looks like it looks like we. Josh, go ahead, go ahead. It looks like we lost the live feed. Does it is that okay. what it looks like to you, producer? Oh, it looks like we are back. Okay, keep oh, going. Okay, good, good, good. So recap so, the last statement or so. Well, what I was saying was is that you know God didn't ask Adam, uh, you know things because he didn't know, just as God didn't ask Cain about his brother Abel because he didn't know. He wanted Cain to be the one to have to address his actions and and then to be uh, held uh, 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 for its consequences. So he says, where is that? Now listen to this. So uh, verse 9, afterward the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? Here's Cain's response. I don't know. Oh, man, I tell you. I don't know how many times when my kids were growing up, I'd ask them a direct question like that, and they go, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's a, I, I think it's a human nature thing. Well, that, I don't... I, you know, the fallen nature. I don't think you can quite equate a child saying, I don't know, to a child covering up a murder. Well, it's oh, okay, you know. Granted, I, you know, <laughs> but I, I don't think it's a stretch. Okay. I'm just saying, you know. I'm. <laughs> I, I know you hate that phraseology. I'm just saying, you know. It's uh, a lot of people do that. You'll confront them with something, and you go, I don't know. Yeah. Well, something Cain, that they, something that they should have uh, known. Yeah. Oh, they definitely should have known because they did it. Right. Am um, I am I redlining, Jasmine? Am I redlining? Yes. Am, can you t a little bit? Okay. 
Go ahead. So Kane says, am I, am I supposed to keep track of him wherever he is or wherever he goes? So you see, you know, I mean, Kane's, Kane's being a little bit of a smart aleck here. Right. You know, he's, he's basically retorting to God. He says, I don't know. Am I my, some translations put it, am I my brother's keeper? Right. That's where that phrase comes from, so, yeah. That's exactly where that brother uh, that phrase comes from, um, but the Lord. So now God's going to, God's going to call him, to account. He says, uh, but the Lord said to him, uh, "What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood, cries out, to me from the ground." Right. So he doesn't go into chastising him for lying or he goes right to the right to the big crime and he says your brother's blood cries out to me and then he says because of that he says you know you are hereby banished from the ground that you have uh, you have defiled with your brother's blood no longer will it yield the bountiful crops for you no longer will it uh, be from the work of your hand, but from now on, you will be homeless fugitive on the earth, constantly wandering from place to place. <laughs> okay, so so you want to let's. So I've already digested some of that, but uh, I, I think that's a an interesting interaction that takes place as Cain is confronted with uh, the consequence of his actions. So you want to add anything to that, Josh? Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a pretty complex, uh, situation that, or it's a, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there, I guess is the best way of saying it. People kind of gloss over it just like they gloss over the Adam and Eve story. And they, they sort of take away the, they sort of take away the things that man has done on a negative level and, you know, consequence and all this sort of stuff. But actually what you see is a lot of, um, admonishment from God. You see a lot of what we call new thesis, the way that he um, interacts with them, where he basically calls them to solve their own problem, uh, you know, giving them the tools that they need with, with an admission of, with confession and repentance. And you see that right, right out the gate. You know, he says, why are you why are you forlorn? A better interpretation of that in this day and age would be, why are you depressed, right? Why is it on right, It's written on right. your face? You're depressed. And so, you know, he interacts with him on that level and says, you know, if you just did what was right, then you wouldn't have a problem and encourages him to do that. And instead, Cain turns on his brother and, 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 you know, then he blames. And this is what we find specifically, like in counseling, we find that, there's two main things that people do in, in not solving their problems. They hide and they blame shift. And we saw that in the Garden of Eden uh, even before this, right? What did Adam and Eve do? They hid and then they blamed God. Well, Eve blamed Adam who blamed God. Um, or really, Adam blamed Eve who blamed the serpent. Um, right. But they hid. They hid their nakedness. And so there's this hiding and blame shifting that's already – you see that this process has already um, not only taken place but taken hold. And this is, this, is the, this is the future of man's interactions with God, right? So 
what God calls us to is confession and repentance and faith, that he will make it better even though we don't deserve it. And then what man does is he hides and he blame shifts. Um, and that oftentimes leads to straight up murder. Um, and, you know, whether it's murder in the heart or it's murder out the hand, it's, it's, uh, or whether it's a bullet from the heart or a bullet from the hand. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I would say about this is this particular story is, um, sort of, I, it's in Genesis, so obviously, but it's sort of a seminal story for how to deal with problems and looking at the human condition, what it's going to do, and the way that God does things. And you can see from this point on, this is how God, really from the first story of Adam and Eve, but continuing on, this is how God deals with it. He calls people to confess and repent, and they either hide, blame shift, or they put their faith in him. Right, and we even see this this uh, issue that you're talking about, where you're talking about modern day when you're dealing with counseling and trying to bring people to a point of recognition of where they're at, uh, you know, beca because their life is, is messed up and they've got issues and, and they've been hiding or they've been blame shifting their whole life and now they're reaping the consequences of that. You see this even prevalent inside of our justice system. It always, you know, very rarely will you ever see somebody who is charged with a crime, even if they're caught red-handed and they're caught in the act, uh, defense attorneys, because under our constitution, you know, the, the, the prosecution has to prove that you did what you did. So, you know, there are, there are uh, mechanisms that are used to do that. But come on, if you're caught red-handed doing something, uh, defense attorneys will still tell people to say, you know, plead innocent or plead not guilty. Right. And it, it, it perpetuates the same thing. Re rarely do you ever say, have somebody say, uh, wow. You caught me. Yeah. I mean, the system's set up so yeah. that they can, yeah. but yeah. 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 No, they can't do that, but it's, it's, uh, it's very, very rare. So this is a, uh, again, many, and one of the reasons we're, we're discussing this is because uh, people, you may not think that this is uh, germane to where you are at today, but as Josh has already alluded to, it, it is more than. This is a condition that we continue to see on and on. So as, as believers, those of us who have been uh, cleansed by the blood of Christ, those of us who are disciples of Christ, covered by his blood, um, you know, this, this thing of, of hiding and deflection, it is a, uh, it is a, a defense mechanism uh, geared towards protecting uh, self and and uh, in in the fall remember we talked about the fact that that God's creation was was turned upside down because of the choice that Adam made and one of the things that happened as we've discussed is that self became dominant in how we approach things and what I would say is you know uh, as, as, as disciples of Christ, 
because self is now dead and we live that Christ might be glorified, that's something that we should not be involved in. If you've done something wrong, whether it's to your to your at work or your spouse or your children, you know, you need to simply say, yes, I, I was wrong and you got me. I, I, and, and that catches people off guard, you know. I remember one time I was sitting at the, uh, I was in, we, we live in the Portland area, right? Mm-hmm. And I was, I was sitting at the, uh, I was sitting at the left-hand turn light on a second, no, on, uh, on division turning on to 82nd. And they've got a bunch of apartments there now, but it, there used to be uh, the old director's furniture store that was there. Okay. And there was a, a bike cop. Uh, there was a bike cop that was tucked back in, uh, in there <laughs> watching people. And you know how it is that green light to turn left is is really tight and it'll only let one or two cars through. Sure. And I said, you know, I'm going to go through this light because I want to get this turn. But um, out of the corner of my eye, as I made the turn, I saw that cop sitting there. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, I told, told my wife, I said, oh, boy. And so... Uh, I just went up to the next block and turned right and parked the car and sat there and waited for him because I knew he was coming for me. And did he? He did. Well, he did. In, <laughs> he did, in fact, come for me. He said, uh, so you're waiting for me, huh? I said, yeah, I I, I know. I, I know what I did. So uh, he said, and because of that, his reward t- <laughs> he still ticketed me, but his reward to me is that he gave me a lesser ticket because of my honesty. And then, yeah, sure. So uh, you know, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. Oh come on, you can can you relate even a little bit? Uh, n- not to that. Not not to Never that particular. I've I've been pulled over, of course, yeah. Uh, I've been so there's the one time, the only time that I have been legitimately pulled over was I think a tail light was out. Like I've been pulled over before for speeding, but I was going the flow of traffic and everybody else was going that speed. I was in a completely different state, and um, you know, I was like in a different state basically. And so I had like different license plates and, but everybody else was going that speed, um, which whatever, but the, but Louisiana or someplace like that, right? It was, it was Louisiana going across, uh, the Lake Pontchartrain bridge, um, which is crazy. It's like the longest bridge. Uh, but no, my taillight was out and the cop pulled me over and I'm sad to say that I lied about it. It's like one of the only you times. Lied about it? Yeah, it's one of the only times that I remember lying. Like I, I, li- I'm, I'm a big proponent of the truth. Like I really don't like lying, um, and I'm not ashamed of it. But in that moment when the cop asked me why he, you know, do you know why I pulled you over? And I, and I said no. And I, and Michelle, who was sitting next to me, was like, "What? 
like you know why he pulled you over like what's your problem and <laughs> that was that she was called you yep that's a good woman yeah, right there uh that your was spouse called you on it, huh? i don't think i think we were dating i think we were dating it was a long time like it was really long ago so because i've been married for over 10 years so but um yeah like i remember thinking about that like even even like being a pastor and or at least i was working to become a pastor at the time and and um being somebody who really stands for truth and is known for like saying the hard truths even if it applies to me uh it caught me by surprise that sin nature is still there you know that that oh, wants yeah. that want to protect yourself it's it's always there yeah no definitely thanks for sharing that because because that is a struggle you know, a lot of times people think that, that because we're, you know, because we're pastors, because we, uh, you know, we we are uh, mature in in the Lord and, and understand Scripture, that it's uh, it's easy for us that we don't make mistakes, but we do. And yeah. there's always that battle, as the Apostle Paul discusses in the Book of Romans. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I mean, understand. I feel. It I feel is, I, I feel good about it from the standpoint that it's the last time that I can remember lying. But, you know, like it, 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 it's, it's not a moment that I was proud of for sure. So, yeah. And I, and I've had those situations too. So the reason I bring it up is because this is something that is part of the, uh, you know, part of the desire to want to protect. And it's a very, very powerful uh, desire that is there. But remember, you know, for for those of us who are disciples of Christ, we've been set free from self-reigning, and we don't have to succumb to that. And so, yeah. you know, the the uh, the Holy Spirit used his wife to confront Josh and say, "Really? Yeah." Because <laughs> I'm I I I if if I remember the story correctly, Josh, you know, she was. Uh, she was a little bit irritated with you because she expected more of you. Yeah, and she should. But I yeah, think that yeah. that I think that that goes back to it, it's it's that same thing where God is confronting um, uh, Cain. Yeah, where God's confronting Cain, you know, and He's saying to him like, "I I expect more from you, and you know better." You know, and I think in those moments, the tendency for human beings is to to lash out, right? It's to explode right. onto the other person and be like, seriously, why are you talking to me that way? You think you're perfect? You know, that sort of thing. I think it's not just about you caught me, okay? It's not just the important thing with um, the attitude that God wants us to have. Wow, I'm like having a hard time fighting a sneeze right now. Um, it's like crazy allergies. Um, the important thing is not just about admitting that you were caught the the important thing in maturity is in feeling that it was right and it was good that you were caught you know yeah. that, that it exposes yeah. like a certain uh it exposes a, a problem in your armor that needs to be checked and the thing with Cain is that he wasn't repentant you know god caught him and he instead of instead of being repentant, instead of having a contrite heart, he turned and exploded onto his brother and basically blamed his brother for God, you know, not not accepting uh, his offering, and and that's yeah yeah that's and, something we have to watch was, out for. 
And when, when God uh, confronted him, you know, when he initially asked him where his brother was, you know, he came back with attitude. Right. Well, that was, and that you got, well, unrepentant unrepentant and uncontrite and blaming God, right? The statement, am I my brother's keeper? What is he saying there? He's saying, shouldn't you know? Aren't you my brother's keeper? That's what he's really saying. And so there's this, there's a blame shifting back to God. Like, why is that my problem? And it's also basically a reference to the relationship that Abel had with God. Because Abel had a good relationship with God where he brought his first fruits to God. And so Abel and God were, were tight with each other. And his response to God is basically like, you should know you and him are buds. Right, right. It's, it's, this, it's blame shifting and, and, and it's hiding the truth of the matter. And it's a really, um, it's something that we all struggle with. There's nuances, of course, and there's people who are just incredibly bad at that struggle and are constantly like losing, losing the, the battles in the war, but we all struggle with it and it rears its ugly head when we're at our weakest or sometimes when we're just not paying attention because we think we're at our strongest. And, um, it's a really, it's, it's, it's a really, really bad thing. And really the only way to deal with it, at least the way that God deals with it is this confrontation where he's direct and he's upfront and and he speaks his word into the situation. There's a lot of thought involved in what God said, you know? If you do what's right, then you will not have this problem. Like, I know that that sounds really simple and it's just a few lines in scripture, but how often do we have people who have issues where we don't tell them what they need to hear? Right. That's the thing, Jesus yeah, like- Yeah, no, exactly. That's the thing, Jesus, he didn't, there's not a lot of recorded, um, I was going to say audio, but that's not the right term. There's not a lot of recorded uh, um, words of his. He didn't speak a lot, but what he did do is he spoke directly, you know, efficiently to the heart of the matter. And, and, and I think that in these situations, people, they really want to almost create like an audioscape. They want to like create a landscape of feeling and emotion for people. But really what needs to happen is you need to say, hey, look, you have a problem. You need to solve it. <laughs> you know, instead of it being, you yeah. know, what do you, you know. So like when we counsel, it's like, what is your problem and what do you want? What are you doing about it? And what do you want me to do about it? And I think that these right. these are questions that need to be asked of people rather than, you know, asking the question of why. Why, 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 you know, why are you, you know, God asks that question once to Cain. Like what's, well, sort of like what's with the long face, you know, like why are you, and then he gives an answer and God doesn't, doesn't, doesn't dish out the whys anymore. Because the truth is we know the why. He doesn't, he doesn't involve him, he doesn't involve him, Josh, in a long dialogue. He cuts right to the chase. That's right. Because you know the why. And I think that a lot of, I think a lot, especially pastors, but Christians in general, we spend a lot of time, you know, there's a whole bunch of, you know, enlightenment philosophy and all these different reasons why in our culture, but I think it even goes back to then. And we spend a lot of time dealing with the why and not a lot of time dealing with the what. You know, what did you do? What did you do to solve the problem? What can I do to help you? What are you going to do next? 
we get into the why and we start yeah, talking oh, about our mommies and daddies and all these sorts of things, you know, and it, and you know what the truth is, the why it has nothing to do with the why is that human beings come out of the womb with lips that are poised to lie. That's the truth. Yeah. They're poised to blame shift. Yeah. And so, you know, why you re- what you're really describing is an impasse toward a person's, uh, toward a person's nature. Why? Because you're sinners. That's why. We can get into we can get into like uh, Nathan and David and and uh, Eli and his sons when he's confronted by Samuel and we can get into like a whole bunch of things but really it comes back to that those very first interactions in the Garden of Eden you know that confrontation needs to be there and if it's not then you you get a Cain you know what's interesting though about Cain. Yeah, so- uh, sorry, I, I'll, I'll cede the floor to you. I, well, I was just going to say what's interesting about Cain is how God treats it afterwards. Even after all of that, he, you know, he shows grace on well, him. We're going we're gonna to touch on that in a moment. He still issue, has, has grace before him. Right. Um, you know, one of the, uh, one, but I would just point out that as far as counseling goes, you know, one of the things that, uh, that often happens, that should happen, is that oftentimes when people come to counselors, what they really need is they need a life coach. They need somebody who will help them learn to address, as you said, what they've done, what the consequences are, and how they move forward from that to correct that. Um, I, you know, I, when I uh, when I teach, when I when I used to teach uh, at the uh, in my job at the Internal Revenue, right. you know, we would go through various things. People would always want to address the why. Well, why is this? Why is that? Or when I was online and I would deal directly with uh, correcting people's uh, tax accounts mm-hmm. and understanding where they were at, they would always want to get into the why. And I said, look, the, the why is not at issue here. The issue is this is the formula that you need to follow. Right. Where am I now? Where do I want to be? How do I get there? That's the formula that's going to guide you. And yeah. for the believer, that formula still sits there, but we understand it through the the lens of God's word giving us guidance as to where we're supposed to be headed. Yeah, and don't get me wrong, the why is important, but you but that's not how you get to where you need to be. First is the what. Did you sin? And if you sinned, what are you going to do about it? After you start dealing with the the performance issues, uh, you know, and and the and the practices, then you start doing the work that gets you down to the meat of the matter. It's like saying, you know, your 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 shoes are tied in a knot. You know, your shoes are tied in a knot, and you can't go anywhere because your feet are tied together. So, what are you going to do about it? You you can't just sit there and be like, well, first before I untie the knot. Let's sit here and think about how we got into this situation. <laughs> like and the then, first, and then blame, and then blame your parents. Yes. Because they didn't <laughs> out of and then properly. blame your parents, and then after you <laughs> thoroughly examine blaming your parents and everything else that got you into shoes that have a knot in them, then you begin <laughs> to untie the shoes. No, that is completely backwards. That's that doesn't make any sense at all on a practical level. The truth is, is you have a problem that needs to be solved. So deal with the performance issues and the practices that you have. And then once you do that, then you can deal with the nuances. 
so that you don't end up in this again. And oftentimes what you find is that while you're unraveling that knot, you can see how you got to where you were and that allows you to understand the why. Generally, when you're counseling people, if you take them through the what, they'll have a much better understanding of the why. If you Absolutely. just if you take them through the why, Absolutely. it's just in their head, you know. Absolutely, and I just I just want to say now that I'm an old man, that uh, I'm very thankful for slip-ons and Velcro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So so what happens is is the cane is confronted by God. God doesn't mince words. He mets out the punishment, and his punishment is that Cain is now uh, not going to be able to till the ground, but he's going to wander the earth as a fugitive. And, and, and basically, Cain responds and says, your punishment is too hard for me. Yep. People will try to kill me. Yep. It, it's going to be difficult. And, and God has grace on Cain, grace, unmerited favor, he has grace on Cain, and he says, nobody will kill you. He didn't say it's not going to be difficult. He said, nobody will kill you because I will put my seal on you. Yep. So, you know, God allowed his the consequence, mm -hmm. uh, and a severe consequence, to stand, but he did lessen the severity of it uh, by, uh, so that uh, Cain still retained uh, life up until the time he died. So, yeah. um, you know, really powerful story. We've unpacked it, and I think we've done a good job. We're going to jump ahead in two weeks and deal with the flood. Because basically what we've got, the rest of Chapter 4, uh, basically what we've got is we've got uh, uh, the uh, genealogy. Right. So can I, I, I don't want to bore you reading through genealogy. Can I just say on, on that note in regard to God's response to Cain, just people don't understand the Old Testament God met out judgment because basically in the development of humankind and in relationship, things have to be black and white for people to understand. But you can really yes. see God's character in that. He has no wish to exasperate Cain. You really see that here is a God who who really wants what's best, and he gives him the opportunity to confess and repent, and he doesn't do it. And then when he says, this is too much for me, I'm going to be overwhelmed, people are going to kill me, how can I even live like that? Like, God doesn't just be like, well, you, you know, you killed somebody that I love, so too bad, so sad. You know, he doesn't do that. You yeah. can see that God loves Cain. And I think people really gloss over that. Yeah, absolutely. I think people really gloss over that when they think about the Cain and Abel story. Cain's just a bad guy, and you know he got what was coming to him, and the mark of Cain and all this sort of stuff. The mark of Cain is, if you think about it, it's a blessing. Yeah, it is a curse, but it is a blessing in the sense that you know it basically allowed Cain to not be overburdened. And I think that God always wants reconciliation. He wants Cain to to have to deal with where he with the with his sins it's absolutely it's it's really important to recognize the grace of god in in that situation i have a comic book um series called the damned ones and it is the two main characters are noah and cain 
Interesting. Yeah, it's like Kane, like, uh, it's just a side note, but it, I, th- I always thought it'd be like an interesting show, you know? But like, by the time of Noah, like, Kane is still alive because he's like walking the earth and nobody will kill him. And so he's like, he's like basically become this warlord against Noah, who is, you know, I, I, it's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to close <laughs> this part of our uh, our podcast and move on to uh, what's up with that. Well, we have a couple of interesting uh, things that I'll take note of. Um, you know, I, I mentioned last week, we talked about the fact that uh, the authorities were trying to find ways to uh, shut down people uh, not wanting to socially distance during the coronavirus. Sure. And one of the ways that they, uh, in a city in California, one of the ways that they did that, and they thought they were being clever, is they uh, took a, uh, a skate park, which was very popular uh, with the skaters, and they filled it with sand. I feel so like you've said this before. Couldn't skate in there in the skate park because it was filled with sand, which would ruin their skateboards. I feel I feel like and you've, they to themselves. I feel like you've said this before what? as a what's up with that. Foundation, foundation. Josh. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're getting to, that's not the punchline. Gotcha. No, that's not the punchline. What happened was was that they you know they they uh, the city leaders were were smug. And they thought, okay, we took care of that problem. Oh, you can't be that uh, way with no. rebellious skateboarders? Yeah, well, the, with rebellious skateboarders, maybe. But uh, uh, no, they didn't take care of the problem because what they did was they made it so that local dirt bikers <laughs> <laughs> congr- congregated and were using it yes. as a dirt bike track. That will show them. That will show the man. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's great. That reminds me of like what so is I, it? I thought that was funny. That reminds me of like uh, in Milwaukee, they brought in certain plants to get rid of certain pests, but then those those like pests then didn't. I can't remember what it was, but you know, like you bring in this to kill this, but then that like has no natural predator, so then it kills that, and like this whole you know. <laughs> like oh, yeah, things yeah. have an equilibrium to them, you know. Society has no, an equilibrium it, to it. History is replete with those types of things. That's in fact that's the reason why they had to reintroduce uh, wolves into Yellowstone. Oh, really? Because when they killed all the wolves in Yellowstone, it completely upset the balance of the park. Hmm. I had to look that one up. Yes. It, it's uh, it's fascinating. Okay, so here's here's another one. This is one that that I think is pertinent to everybody. If you just think about this for a second, there was a guy in Chicago that bought groceries. He bought ninety dollars worth of groceries. He uh, put it on his debit card, and uh, you know took the receipt, walked out, went home, and uh, everything was good, right? Until he went to go into his bank. And we went when he went to, to online to look at his bank. Uh, he had actually been charged uh, eleven thousand five hundred dollars for his purchase at the store. Charged? 
charged. Yeah, they they, wow. they debited his account eleven thousand five hundred dollars. So so he went. So he had to go through the hassle of of you know he went to a local TV station actually and you know embarrassed them uh, by by that. What but they didn't it, just it, it fess up to it. Uh, yeah, they they yes, they said it was a, a glitch. You know yeah. that the, these things happen. They apologized. They they read. They made sure he got you know he got uh, back backed up. But but you know it took four or five days for them to do that. So he was without any money uh, during the, that time frame while they were fixing it. Obviously, uh -huh. and you know <laughs> they gave him his groceries for free. But here's here's my point. Is that and and you know when I when I first married your mom and we lived in the Philippines, um, you know I, I'm an American, so um, my basic philosophy in life is is uh, I'll trust you unless you give me a reason not to. Uh huh. And when we would go over to the store, we had this shopping market called Cherries. And you'd go there and you'd buy something, and you'd have to watch these guys like a hawk, mm -hmm. because they were always overcharging you, ten cents, twenty cents. Just because you were white. Cents. Well, I, I I don't know. Or because you were foreign, whatever. And so every time we would go to the store, she would before we even left the store, go over her receipt to make sure. Things were correct. Interesting. Why did you guys shop there then? <laughs> well, and, and we didn't very often, but some things you could only get there. I see. That's how you do so, it. Well, you know, because in the Philippines, most of the time what you do is you go to the market, to the open market, what they call it a palinki, but you go to the open market and you buy stuff fresh every day. Right. But there are certain things that you need to buy at the store, and this was the only supermarket. Uh, that really had a large chain in sure. the, uh, Metro Manila. Sure. And but even sure. today, um, before we leave the store, you know, she regardless of what we're doing, your mother will always pull out that receipt and go through it. It's not a bad practice. And and, and we have caught do them doing things uh, that uh, could cost us a lot of money. Not like this. Right. But it could cost us a lot of money. You know, because uh, because of the way it goes through. Sure. And so if you, you know, so my my recommendation is really when you go to the store, if you're not in that habit, it's a good habit to get into. Yeah. Yeah, you should. I mean, I don't. Okay. I don't so, check every little jot and tittle, but I. Wow, that rhymed. Um, but I will like know basically around how much you know my bill is supposed to be. So, and you should, you know, you should be paying attention to that for sure. Yeah, you you might remember that uh, the uh, the third Superman movie, which was yeah. pathetic. Or Office but Space. The, but the the <laughs> the third Superman movie was all about the fact that a thief was stealing just mere pennies, and he felt that he could get under the radar. By stealing mere pennies, right. it ended up being in the millions. Well, he wasn't. And it wasn't even. It wasn't even pennies. It was fractions of a penny. Yeah, yeah, and 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 
that I mean that was the main plot line, and and that's really true. A lot of these businesses that are out there, you know, if you just kind of shortchange a little tiny bit, somebody at the end of the day, it can add up to a lot of money. Well, have you seen so Office I'm, Space? I'm always careful. Have you seen Office Space? I have not watched that. No. Okay, that's the plot of Office Space, also. Okay. Well, they're, they're blatantly, I mean, so it's, it's they're blatantly, issue. they're blatantly clear though that they, uh, that they ripped it. Like in the movie, they're meta and they're like pretty clear that they ripped it off from Superman. Anyway, that's it. Well, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that that I'm not going to say that everybody out there is dishonest and that there's actual intention to do that. Although I do believe I'm not, I'm not naive. I believe that there are some people out there that hope that it doesn't get missed. Sure. That that was so my anyway. that was my experience in Rome. I had that I had that issue in Rome where I it was like probably 115 degrees outside and you know I we were on a tour bus and we we got off at one of those stations, you know, during the tour and went to get a bottle of water because it was it was terrible and it was like this is like a life or death life or death sort of thing with with water. Um, and they charged me like, you know, the equivalent of like $10 for it. And I was oh like, are you serious? And, yeah. and they're just like, yeah. And then, um, and then out of nowhere, some lady comes up and she walks behind the counter and like literally takes my money and hands it back to me and scolds the guy and is nice. like, you know, that's not right. And blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, okay. Like, that's how it is. Nice. All right. So yeah. fortunately, like she was cool, but yeah, like when people don't know, you know, people take advantage. Well, one of the, one of the interesting uh, side, one of the reasons why I uh, learned to speak Tagalog. Is so you don't get uh, taken advantage lived, of. That's exactly correct. Because yep. over there, when you ride, when you ride the buses or the jipneys, the jipneys, um, yep. they, they, there's not a set fare like we have here. Right. So it's based upon distance. Yeah. So they would charge you according to the distance. So when a conductor, so they have a conductor that walks up and down the bus, and you tell them where you're going, and then they give you the price that you have to pay, and then they give you a ticket. And and it always, and uh, I used to go around all by myself all the time. And it always amazed me how, you know, they would try to cheat me and make me pay more than it was supposed to be. And one of the reasons I learned to speak to Gallup was to confront them and say, now nah, that ain't right. This is the real price. And once you spoke to Gallup back to them in your yeah. confrontation, then they backed off. Yeah. And they gave you the right price. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, you just have you have to be so cautious out there nowadays. Okay, well here's here's another <laughs> here's a here's one for our current days. You know what? Um People are, are telecommuting nowadays. Yep, just like you right and now. They're, yeah, that's exactly correct. And they they have to uh, they they have to uh, um, they have figured out how to fool the camera. Well, sometimes. Interesting. And there's a judge in Florida that got upset with, with the fact that his attorneys, when they were in trial, mm -hmm. so they were in trial using a webcam. Because mm -hmm. there's social distancing, so they're still holding court, 
but they're using a webcam. And there was a judge that was so upset with the attorneys for how they were appearing in court on the webcam that he, uh, he put a thing on his website and basically chastised them and said, you will wear proper attire in my courtroom regardless of we are regardless of whether we're on a webcam or not because people were showing up in their jammies in the bedroom with their beds in the background or one gal showed up to court attorney showed up to court in a swimsuit with a uh, what you know she had a, a, a one of those coverings but you could tell she was at the pool and she <laughs> right and there's you know so there's some so he basically had to say, you know, look, this is really unacceptable, and you need to recognize you're in court and proper attire is required. Yeah, that's interesting. Which is partially the reason why I'm wearing this shirt, because I could just be relaxed and, you know, wear a T-shirt, but for my audience, I wanted to show respect and wear the proper attire i don't know sometimes your son's out guns out so it just i feel like it just depends on what what you feel in the moment well that's true there is yeah because we're not we're we're not going to court or anything like that right um, right okay so here's here's the last one you know, okay a lot of people out there babies you know i think that what you're going to find with this uh, sequester that people are going through mm-hmm um, is that a couple, you know, what they're saying is, is that there are a lot of people that are one of the, the, uh, you're expecting the a baby about boom. getting the economy. Started. Well, yes. I mean, but one of the issues about the economy is that people are saying people are having, uh, medical issues. They're depressed or, you know, they're, uh, there's alcoholism sure. or there's things which are, there's lots of know, mental, mental health people. issues going on right now. That's exactly correct, but they also uh, expect that uh, we're going to see a baby boom in nine months or so. Yep. And um, so uh, the so the website uh, it's a it's a uh, a parent website for mm-hmm. for parents uh, uh, trying to figure out baby names. Okay. It's called Newberry. Okay. So that for 2020. The most popular names, these are new names that are the most popular names for 2020. For boys, the top popular name is Asher. Asher? Last last year's name was Milo. Was it? Yeah, so Asher is the most popular, and then there are a couple other contenders for 2020. Arlo, is it, is it Newberry Leo, or... and Levi. Is it Newberry or Nameberry? Uh, I had Newberry. Yeah, it might it might be Newberry. I just can't find it. Um, that's okay. Yeah, Arlo or wait, what did you say? It was Asher. So Asher's the top name. Pro- producer Jasmine keeps trying to mouth something to me. I can't understand it. What I is it? Arlo. Uh, yeah. No, no. Asher is the top one. Right now. Last year's top name was, was Milo. Milo. Okay, where are we Milo. That name. It's the right, name of, then, name of a dog, right? Or a cat? cat. No. 
Uh, oh, Oliver and Milo. Names of cats and dogs. For 2020. <laughs> uh, other, other I'm joking about that because there's some are... there's boys in my church that I'm close to that have those names. What what are you yeah. gonna say? Other cop other top contenders for uh, 2020: Arlo, Leo, and Levi. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now for girls, those sound like the, the, those sound like like 1920s names. If I'm being honest. You know, I'm. Oh, listen to the girls' names. Okay. I kind of looked at that and went, "Wow, it's up there." Henrietta. Um. The, okay. So Dorothy. That, no, <laughs> no, not quite that bad. The uh, the girls, the top contender for girls uh -huh. is Luna. Okay. Interesting. Oh, looks like you froze. Uh, interesting. I'm gonna guess it's Luna, Gabriella, and. Hannah, <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> I think Pastor Monty is 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 gone from the program. I don't know where he is. Um, why don't you try to get him back there, Producer Jasmine? There's a there's a call fail on our part. So Luna, huh? Has anybody heard of anybody or named? Has anybody heard of anybody named Luna or heard of anybody being named Luna? Like, does anybody know a child named Luna? I, I don't know. I think there was a Pixar, wasn't there a Pixar um, short? Something about Luna? Pixar Luna. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's called La Luna. Um, and I, th I think it was award-winning also. It's kind of hard to do the show without Pastor Monty. Um, so I guess... We will try to get him back for a second, and I'll move on to the topic of submission while we... Oh, oh, we're calling him. Let's see what happens. Do we have All righty, you got me back. All right, you got to move him back into the window there. All right. So what were those oh, names? I'll say, so the, the top contender for the girl is Luna, with the Roman goddess Luna. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be... Oh, um, there it yeah, is. And, Chrissy Teigen and John Legend named their daughter Luna. Well, right there. It really it, makes me want to name my next child Luna. No, we're uh, not pregnant, in case you're wondering. <laughs> that was the next obvious question. So other close th – this, this, is your, uh, this is your deal. Those are old names. Listen to this. The, the, the other top contenders, Ava, mm -hmm. Eloise, okay. and Eleanor. Yeah, I think that's cool. I don't know about Eloise so much, but Eleanor's a cool name. Ava's a cool name too. Uh, that's back in the nineteen twenties, right there. Yeah, it's not so it's not so crazy as Ethel or Myrtle or any of those old names. Um, but yeah, oh, I love Ethel. You do? Yeah, that's a that's that's a great name if you're if you have you know my kind of background where you come from back in the hills and you want to call call your daughter Ethel. I'm sure that that's a reference to something. I just don't know what it is. Is that like a reference to hee haw? <laughs> okay. Okay. No. Moving right is along. that is that a reference to hee haw? No, no. That's a great country name. Oh, you okay. Know, that's just that's just that's just pure Pastor Monty. Yeah, that's that's 
right there. All right. <laughs> Brittany Kunkel wants to let us know. Thank okay. you. Brittany Kunkel wants to let us know. Thanks for answering the question, Britt, uh, that Chrissy Teigen and John Legend named their daughter Luna. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have never, well, we'll see, you know, we'll see. It's always interesting to see the flow of names and how they, how they come up with, uh, these names that people choose. Well, hopefully people who name their daughter Luna, like at least have some sort of connection to the moon. I can't stand it when people name their kids out of connection to anything. And then their kids end up being named like weird names or they name their kids in defiance. Well, you know, for, for, for a while there, you know, during the, during the, um, seven, well, the late sixties, early seventies, you know, like Frank Zappa named his daughter moon. Sure. And there are a couple other weird, like animal names. That sure. People well, used to name their daughter. You have Chris Martin, the lead singer from child? the lead singer from Coldplay, and uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Their daughter's name is Apple. That is what it is. Apple. They named their daughter yeah. Apple. Okay, there we go. So we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went a little bit over in our first section we're running up on an hour um i don't know that we have time to get into submission i feel yeah that's fine i feel like we need to uh maybe give some more time to that subject next time um yes i think what we'll do next week is we'll spend more time maybe skip what's up with that yeah okay so next time we'll skip what's up with that and go straight into the um i don't remember what you call it some lunacy luna lunacy okay there we go uh cultural lunacy yes yes are you wanting to close out the show yeah let's go ahead and close out the show um and uh, look forward to discussing uh second uh, no no first thessalonians and uh the issue of submission next week okay uh, if you're someone who is seeking answers or you want to know more about your faith, if you're new to Jesus Christ or the Bible, we'd like to help you. You can check out the help tab at abfpdx.org. We're in the middle of redoing our website, but uh, the help tab will be there. So remember, we're always open to questions. Pastor Monty is ready and waiting to deliver some sage advice and insight, so don't be shy. And yeah, let's go ahead and close it out. The Truth Time with Pastor Monty podcast is a resource of Aletheia Bible Fellowship of Portland, Oregon, and it's a webcast on the Vigilance Radio Network, a resource developed by Project Vigilance, ABF's web portal that provides helpful and interesting online resources for the church, local and at large. And if you want to be a part of the VRN and what we're doing here, you can join Vigilance Radio Network's Facebook page to get access to all of our shows, including Culture and Sanity, our kids' shows like Wake Up Cadre, uh, The Bible with Pastor Adam, our weekly sermons, and Nightlight Radio, which is going to be on on Thursday night. Uh, speaking of Nightlight Radio, we are going to be covering a couple subjects this week that are kind of heavy. We'll be talking about um, suicide. We'll be talking about nightmares. Um, it should be kind of an interesting show. You can um, you can go to our Facebook page and you can uh, submit your uh, topics for us to discuss over there. So that'll be Thursday night. 
from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. If you have enjoyed Truth Time, consider supporting us. Our network and shows are free to you, but they are not free to us. So head over to abfpdx.org, click that donate tab. Even a dollar a month would be put to good use. Um, you can still partner with us by remembering to like, subscribe, and share our podcast even if you are poor like us. You can always find it on ABF's YouTube page, Instagram, and Facebook, and the VRN Facebook group. So take a second to visit the group page so that you can stay up to date whenever we share new content each week. Remember, that content is shared for Truth Time on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. We'll see you then. I'm Pastor Josh, your engineer and senior pastor over at ABF, and this has been Pastor Monty. The views presented in this program are not meant to express the specific views of the Lafayette Bible Fellowship. You are listening to the Vigilance Radio Network.